They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men power trip of wrestling. of wrestling brought to you and powered by Spartacon August 15th and 16th at the Blue Crabs Baseball Stadium in Waldorf, Maryland. Please visit redserpents.com for more information. With that being said, I am Chad and as always I am joined by my tag team partner, the man himself, Primetime John Paz. Primetime, welcome. Hey, yo, what's going on, Chad? How you doing? Nothing much. It's a huge show today because it features not one WWE Hall of Famer and wrestling legend and icon, but two WWE Hall of Famers and wrestling legends and icons, and that is first, Jake the Snake Roberts, and then the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, both interviews recorded live on the beach in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, on this past June 13th, a glorious day. We will have multiple interviews coming from this event. But first, how can we get past Jake and DiBiase? And what we're going to do is we're going to do this. We're going to do a little talk about Jake, throw it to the Jake interview. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little Ted DiBiase, throw it to Ted DiBiase. I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun, but primetime we brought Jake the Snake Roberts over to the booth. You looked him right in the face. And what was your first impression of the Snake Man? Man, I was like, uh, Jake, you seriously look about 20 years younger. It looks like that DDP yoga is doing well by you. He literally locks eyes with both you and I. And I know it's hard. you can't look away. It's one of those things where you start looking for every single thing in the room to get, grab your attention so you can look away for just that, that one second of eye contact break. But just talking to Jake, there's a million things that you want to talk about. There's a million things that you want to say. And I know you've actually had the chance to kind of, uh, hate to say, run into Jake over the last uh, month and a half or so, but you've been around him a few times. What made it different just being able now to sit him down and talk about some of the moments and memories from his iconic career? You know, it's great because obviously he had some issues in, in his life, and now with uh, the help of Diamond Dallas Page and DDP Yoga and him getting his mind straight and everything, it's funny when you actually listen to him talk. He's basically in in one way, shape, or form or another, he's like the godfather of wrestling right now. He is such a mentor to not only the younger younger guys, but also the guys in the generation right below him. Like he's a mentor. So let's say Scott Hall or Just Incredible or you know so on and so forth. But it's funny to um, see all the other wrestlers gravitate towards him. He gives them a little life lesson. They they you know they take it in. He's staring them dead in the eyes and telling them how it is and, and and you know how the wrestling business is and how they what they should be doing with their life and everything. So it's just great to hear from Jake. He really is uh, in, in like I said uh, in one way, shape, form, or another. He's kind of like 
the godfather of wrestling. Oh yeah, totally. And it's just it was great to see him interact with fans and he just he's such a polarizing figure that it's uh it's kinda hard to not how have him on your favorites list or be one of those guys that you do study and watch. Uh, now, I also, I'd like to just say, throw out a comment because I was kind of not starstruck, but definitely a little caught off guard, but I throw the, the old Mount Rushmore uh, comment towards Jake, which is what I also use with Dusty Rhodes, and I definitely would put Jake on my Mount Rushmore. I just don't want people to think that I'm recycling the same lines. I just kind of thought that funny because I kind of buckled under the pressure when he sat in. Uh, next to us, but it's uh, it's a great talk. Uh, hopefully, we get Jake on for a longer uh, form interview. But we did cover a number of topics, and uh, I guess we can throw it to Jake right now. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, do a little two-man power trip of wrestling business, and talk about our favorite event this coming August fifteenth and sixteenth, and that is Spartacon, the Rebels Convention, brought to you by the Red Serpents. Please visit RedServants.com for more information. But now we throw it to Jake. We'll come back for a little Ted DiBiase. Joining us right here at the Beachcomber Live in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, on a beautiful day, the one and only, the WWE Hall of Famer, the great Jake the Snake Roberts. Thank you so much. How are you doing? So... Let's see, WWE Hall of Famer, the Beachcomber Resort, we look around, we see a lot of legends. What's it like getting in a room like this and looking around at some familiar faces? It's great, man. Just uh, slide you back in time, the magic moments that you have with some of these guys. And uh, reminisce a little bit. Yeah. Now, I'm looking right at one of your uh, biggest opponents ever, and that's the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, WrestleMania Six, the belt, the snake, the, the belt's in the bag. Was was Ted a fan of the uh, of Damien and the Snake? No, no, neither is Virgil. Now, uh, Jake, looking at you right now, you look like you're about 20 years younger. What have you been doing? You look awesome. You look like you can get back in there and DDT some guys. Yeah, I feel absolutely I'm a poster boy now, man, to get sober, get clean, to get into the DDP yoga, get your life back, and have some good times to have the best time of my life. Oh, yeah. You look, you look unbelievable. Like, you, seriously, you look like you're about 40 years old right now. Oh, I know. Now, what's it like uh, with Dallas and doing the DDP yoga? It's, it's not bad, man. It's, it's not hard work. You know, it's steady work. And, uh, it's about doing the right thing. Doing the next right thing each day. Definitely. We talked to DDP not too long ago. And you, you, he can't go one sentence without mentioning your progress of what you've done. And as a fan, a long-time admirer, you do look fantastic. What would you say it was the hardest thing at first in getting into the program and getting your whole entire life back on track? 
making the decision to do it was real scary. So, to be honest with you, I didn't think I'd last. I thought maybe I'd last a week. Because, uh, you know, I was drinking and doing cocaine every day. And uh, to do that cold turkey was Nobody does it cold turkey. I did. I did. And once I got started, man, it was actually easy. Yeah. Because uh, each day I just looked at one day, just one day. The next day I did one day again. Started adding up. And uh, the next thing you know, I did a month, two months, three months, and just kept going. Yeah. Now, obviously, you look great. But let's go back, rewind a little bit to your wrestling career. What have been some of your favorite moments in, in, your, in the wrestling business? I know there's a million today, but any that stick out at uh, the top of your head? Maybe some Mid-South memories? Oh, yeah. Mid-South. The grappler I have been to DET was awesome. The wrestling I was awesome. Ricky Steelman, what can I say? I mean, he's one of the best. I no doubt. I really enjoyed the time with him probably more than he did. Hmm. That DDT on the floor in Providence. <laughs> that, that wasn't oh, yeah. Idea. I tried to warn him, but there you go. They all listen to me. Hmm. And, uh, I still have a lot of great moments left. Oh, yeah. Steve Austin was fun. We had part of that whole thing. I just had, I've been so very fortunate. I've been some of the greatest talent ever. It's a great I really respect it. It's a great I also respect it. I think Earthquake doesn't get to do sometimes because he was such a big man, but you don't realize that in the ring, the matches actually made a lot of sense for a guy his size. I really enjoyed your matches with Rick Rude as well. Yeah, I did too. Yep, awesome. Do you have a favorite match or maybe matches that you've had? Or is it too many to name? too many for different reasons. Right now, I'm thinking a lot about Dustin. Yep. Well, I definitely think, without a doubt, if I was going to put my Mount Rushmore together, I'm going to put Jake Roberts on it because of the fact Jake Roberts sucked you in as a kid, and you thought, you know what, especially, and now personally, I love the heel run with the Macho Man. Oh, yeah. And as we wind down, that's the last thing I want to touch on. Working as a heel, after being a babyface, as, as a, the boom was starting to really flourish with the WWF, and then you turn heel, and you went right after the Macho Man. How were those matches and the emotion that you and Randy brought together? Uh, really strong. Randy, you know, he was, uh, he was really high on Yeah. So, it was a damn fight every night. We worked hard, and... Uh, we each other. Yeah. Now, is that story true with Elizabeth? When remember you slapped her, is it true that he really did want to kill you? He wanted to kill me. <laughs> he wasn't the only one. Wow. Well, Jake, thank you so much for coming to sit down with us. Please tell us where the fans can find Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm all over Twitter, man. I've got a book coming out. The movie's coming out. Also, and, uh, I'm on Facebook. All you got to do is work around, man. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, thank Jake. You, Jake. It's our pleasure. All right, so we're back. We just heard from Jake the Snake Roberts, and we mentioned WrestleMania 6, and we talk about 
the snake in the bag, the belt in the bag, and now we bring in the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Now, prime time, you had to tag out for this one, and I was able to sit in. But with Ted DiBiase, the first thing I ask him about is his time in Mid-South. What are some of your memories about that room that we were in that day, the June 13th on the beach, Seaside Ice, New Jersey, all those legendary names. What are some of your favorite memories of Ted DiBiase when you think of the Mid-South era? It's funny because you actually look around, you, you see obviously Jake is there, and then you see a guy like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you can't help but think when you look back at those tapes and you could watch uh, the old Mid-South, the feud between Duggan and uh, Ted DiBiase definitely sticks out, and they've had some legendary matches, including uh, one crazy match that almost seems uh, Vince Russo-esque, is the, the cage match slash tuxedo match slash uh, Paul Weiner's glove. I mean, whatever the hell was going on. They had like 10 different um, stipulations, but somehow then uh, it actually worked and it made sense and it wasn't too crazy. But uh, I would have to say DiBiase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan definitely uh, stick out to me in Mid-South. And maybe even uh, to DiBiase teaming with Dr. Death, Steve Williams as well. Oh, yeah. No, totally. And that's talked about... Uh, in very good detail by Mr. DiBiase about uh, Duggan and himself and all the stipulations. And basically, uh, we kind of said, so you guys are to blame for the crazy overbooked main events with 90,000 stipulations. But you know what's <laughs> funny? You look back on that, you actually you can re- recall on it fondly because it was all, you know, I, I guess it kind of worked out great because of it really was the end to their feud and, uh, you know, it's funny when you speed ahead a couple of years, uh, WrestleMania four, the opening match of the tournament is, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase in a WWF ring, but it gets like six minutes. Hmm. Yeah. Very, very different. Obviously, uh, fans of Mid-South are probably clamoring for that match thinking, wow, I'm going to see it on a big scale. I'm going to see it in the WWF. going to see it at WrestleMania, but mm, you mean, you, you saw it, but it was, very short condensed version. Obviously, they had a ton of matches going on that night, but as you said, the match was probably about five or six minutes. Yeah, totally. It's uh, definitely uh, lackluster and underwhelming when you compare it to their death feud that they had in uh, Mid-South only about two and a half years uh, prior to that. But also we cover uh, Ted DiBiase's WrestleMania matches and uh, some great things to say about the uh, WrestleMania six match versus Jake the Snake and uh, getting both sides of that match that afternoon was uh, was quite entertaining, quite fun. But then we also we ended on uh, you know somewhat of a somber note because we get uh, DiBiase's reflections of Dusty Rhodes, and you know it's another one where you think about you know the history that not only was uh, DiBiase really in a huge program with Dusty Rhodes, uh, you know, in the WWF, but also in the NWA, Dusty. You know, in 1982, was uh, on top as Ted was kind of ascending towards uh, maybe winning that NWA title. I mean, that's always been such a discussed topic. And he shares a great story about Dusty talking to him uh, in the Omni in 1982. And uh, it's just great. But uh, recollections of the Dusty DiBiase feud in the WWF and uh, Sweet Sapphire, did that, uh, were you shocked when she uh, was revealed to have the bag of money from DiBiase? <laughs> Oh, I was definitely shocked, but uh, the funny thing about that feud, it was almost like, even as a kid, you're watching and you're like, what the hell? That doesn't make any sense. That's so weird. And and it was, I actually liked the feud because uh, obviously Dusty's awesome and obviously Main Dollar Man is one of 
you know, the best workers ever. So it's just like, what the hell? Like, it was just typical WWF, great feud. Then they always throw in there something, you know, entertainment-wise value. But sometimes it misses the mark, and sometimes you're just left scratching your head thinking, boy, that's weird. But looking back, it actually is kind of funny. It's like, first of all, Sapphire with Dusty Rose is funny, but then you go Sapphire turning heel <laughs> and wearing the... Uh, <laughs> The fur coat and they, you know, they get the value of money. It's kind of funny. And it also uh, the feud led to the debut of Dustin Rhodes in the WWF. Yeah. So that's yeah. always uh, that's always interesting. But then how about this? And how about the fact that uh, Ted Jr. and Cody formed the legacy, thus continuing the relationship of the Rhodes family and the DiBiase family. So there's a lot of a lot of connections. So DiBiase's thoughts on the dream were even that much more. Uh, sentimental, and uh, it was definitely it was a great time. Like I said, prime time I had to tag out, but uh, he was sorely missed because I know we would have definitely had some more, uh, I guess, uh, insights into some other of the big time DiBiase feuds and matches. But uh, prime time. With that being said, we love to guide everybody to RedSerpents.com to check out Spartacon August fifteenth and sixteenth. From the Blue Crabs Baseball Stadium in Waldorf, Maryland, please visit RedServants.com for more information. Primetime, I know it's going to be a great event. Everybody's got their favorite part of a convention or an event the size of this. This is a two-day convention, but what do you suggest people go and check out when they go to Spartacon? The one thing you got to check out is the Spartacon Marketplace. They will feature booths after booths after booths of unique, creative, and handmade products from vendors who are just as passionate as the fans. Remember, whenever you go to any of these big shows, any of these big cons, you've got to go to the vendor tables. You've got to go to the merch tables. They're the best part. You also can see an impressive guest, uh, <clears throat> guest list of stars from Spartacus. That'll be cool when you're walking around the merch tables. You see some big-time stars from the great TV show, Spartacus. So in addition to all that, for those traveling there, there will be a special Spartacon discounted rate at the Hilton Garden Inn and Hampton Inn Hotels in Waldorf, Maryland. You can get more information on that and more at RedSerpents.com. Don't forget Spartacon, August 15th and 16th in Waldorf, Maryland at the Blue Crabs Stadium. Please visit RedSerpents.com. Now some two-man power trip of wrestling business. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Uh, we could sure use some feedback from you as well. That would be great. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at WrestlingPal and at Two Man Power Trip. And, of course, check out the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. And on the upper left-hand corner, you will see a Bombas link. Please click on that link and do all of your shopping with Bombas through us. They are the greatest sock in the history of socks. You will never want another sock after you wear this. Purchase one, one gets given to the homeless. So you are also giving back. So please check out the Bombas link on our website. And, of course, cannot forget this great interview that we're leading into here with the man. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. 
Joining us here is a man who needs literally no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. He's the WWE Hall of Famer, the legendary million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Ted, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, it's great to be with you, man. Now, it's a beautiful day. We're here on the beach in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. It's a beachcomber, and looking around the room, I see Jake the Snake Roberts. I see Superfly Jimmy Snuka. I see so many WWE legends that you've had some great matches with. But I want to just kind of ask you about Mid-South, because that was my main thing I wanted to ask you about. I want to talk about, you had Jake, Hacksaw as well. What are your, your fondest memories of Mid-South and, and working with these guys in the room? Well, Mid-South is actually where I started my whole career. The owner, the guy who is, was Mid-South wrestling was Cowboy Bill Watts. Bill Watts was, is, an extremely intelligent guy. Unbelievable understanding of the psychology of our industry. And I probably learned more from him than just about anybody. Just like the man, all the guys that you just named came out of Mid-South. They didn't just come out and were wrestlers. They were all superstars. And uh, so some of my fondest memories are Mid-South. I guess I, didn't, I never got a chance to wrestle with Jake in Mid-South. Hmm. Um, but my, I guess my biggest move I made is when I finally turned from good guy to bad guy. Oh, yeah. On Junkyard Dog. Yes. JYD and I had a tremendous run. And, of course, then, you know, me and Duggan, we, you know, we had the Rat Pack, me and Duggan, mm -hmm. and Warren, and, and, then, uh, and, and then Duggan becomes a, a baby face, and I had a great run with Hacksaw, yeah. even there before we got here. So, uh, but yeah, but JYD was probably the, because that was the, that was the thing that started me down the road to being an accomplished team. Yeah, without a doubt. And you can't, you can't have, as you mentioned Hacksaw, the Loser Leaves Town match. Oh, Unbelievable. It was like, it was the gimmick matches of all gimmick matches. It was like every gimmick match you can think of in one. Now let me run it down for you. We, well, number one, we were dressed in tuxedos with this. I don't know where that came from. But inside a steel cage. And then there was a 12-foot pole attached to the corner of the ring uh, post. And at the top of the pole, there's a, a coal miner's club. So anybody who got to the top of the pole got the loaded coal miner's club, got the music. And then on top of that, who's relieved <laughs> you can't get enough. Maybe, oh maybe it predates a lot of the gimmick matches that we see today, where they try to pull out everything but the kitchen sink. I don't know, but it, it was for the day. I mean, you know, and, and when you talk about running big venues, I mean, obviously the WWE has you know, sold out all these venues you know, all over the world. Every year since like WrestleMania sets a new record in the building. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and obviously with the WWE, you know, Madison Square Garden is their thing. But the first guy to run a dome was Bill Watts. Watts yep. And he ran the Superdome. And obviously, he didn't sell it out. But that was probably the largest crowd. And I don't I don't have any other stats. But it was the largest crowd that I ever wrestled from at that time. Right. Yeah, and you can't deny the fact that Bill Watts and Mid-South definitely placed their stamp on the history. And WWE appreciates that by putting out the Mid-South DVD, I think. All the diehards were waiting for that after they acquired the Bill Watts UWF library. But now talking about just looking at Jake the Snake, and we talked to him about WrestleMania six. He said you were not fond of Damien, and the belt was in the bag. What are your memories of WrestleMania six at the Sky Dome? Well, you know, I loved wrestling Jake all the time because it was easy. Uh, 
you know, it's kind of like we, as wrestlers call it, we're doing the dance, and, and Jake and I dance well together. The chemistry is good. When you're on the same wavelength, again, you share the same psychology of what a match should be, and we had that. Um, and of course, uh, you know, it's like, um, actually, I mean, you know, I was the heel. Jake was the baby face, and I think was one of the only WrestleManias who actually won. Yeah. But the only reason I won was because we went beyond after, after post WrestleMania. We we had a we had a run where uh, it, was, it was he and I all, all the time. I really enjoyed. Oh yeah. Really really enjoyed that. Yeah. WrestleMania six. Uh, I would have to say it was my favorite WrestleMania match. All right. Now, you know, my first one, uh, WrestleMania four. Tournament, player champion, you know, yep. right down here in Atlantic, Atlantic City. City. Yep. Um, you know, the last match with Randy Savage, we had a very good match as well. Love to working with Randy. Uh, you know, but Jake's just one of those guys. Again, we got, it's, it's amazing. I'm here. I'm here today with, with two guys that I absolutely love working with. Yep. Saw that's great and you also had hacks on the first round of Wrestlemania 4 so that was uh, you know all the smart fans definitely loved that little tie into Mid-South but before we let you go we had the passing unfortunately of American Dream Dusty Rhodes earlier this week Uh, what are your memories of working with Dusty you had a a very very memorable feud with him Sweet Sapphire SummerSlam the unveiling of Sapphire turn on Dusty but what are your thoughts on working with Dusty all the years you did well I posted on Twitter I said you know Yesterday, wrestling lost an unbelievable wrestler and an incredible entertainer, but I lost a close one. Uh, my relationship with Dusty goes all the way back to the beginning of not only the pre my career, but I went to West Texas State. Again, I'm one of many guys like Dusty. Another guy that was here today, I played, I was on the week. Tito Santana and I were on the yep. football team. Tito and Kelly Blanchard. A lot of wrestlers came out of West Texas State. But I actually met Dusty at Nick Murdoch's house in Amarillo, Texas. Hmm. And then when we started getting into business, I mean, Dusty's, you know, Dusty, as long as I have known Dusty, has had that reputation of being great. Yeah. And a lot of people look at Dusty, you know, you know, like a, you know like kind of a sloppy body thing. Well, he really was a great wrestler. Yes, he was. Say that. What you have to understand is Dusty, Dusty could have a technical match like I'm, I'm known for having, but Dusty worked his gimmick. Yeah. And his gimmick was I'm the son of a plumber. I'm yep. the average man. I'm the That's right. Man. And I look like a comic man. Yep. But when he became NWA World Champion, we had this conversation with wrestling team. He said there's a lot of guys that don't think that I can carry this belt or I can do it. Let's go show them again. There you go. And we did. We went out. We went 55 wow. before the house. Down. Wow. Um, and of course, you know, talk about Dusty. Dusty's always this good, tough, drop on cowboy guy. Yep. And he comes to the WWE, and this makes him, you know, the guy that put it on. That's right. Yep. But Dusty, you know, he didn't throw a big bit about the whole thing. He adapted and brother. He did that <laughs> extremely well. Yep. And again, I had a lot of fun. That's the, that's the only real program that I had the opportunity to wrestle Dusty in. And then I had the fortune of helping break the Sunday. That's right. Dusty yep. started. Uh, and 
even to this day, Cody and my son were tag team partners. Yes, they were. They're, they're very close friends as well. My heart goes out to Michelle, his wife, and to the boys. I mean, I know how close I am to my boys. And I know how much uh, I know how much those boys love them. It's a terrible loss, but thank you so much for joining us, Ted. And where can the, the fans of the two-man Power Trip of Wrestling podcast find the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase? Thank you very much, Ricky.